0: the Lord. God is good, isn't He? Um, I just want to read to you from Ephesians chapter 1, and um, because of what I'm going to say afterwards. It says, Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual Blessings in heavenly places, according as he's chosen us before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us unto the adoption of children Amen. by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to praise the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the Beloved. We, um, you know, uh, uh, John Bunyan, you, you know, you've all heard of John Bunyan, Pilgrim's yeah. Progress. Well, he wrote a little book, and in this little book, he says, We have to move from the cross to the throne. We have to come via the cross, but Ephesians is teaching us where we're supposed to be. And the problem for the church is, can we ever get up there? Are we like the scratching hens, I often say? Scratching around in your little farmyard instead of ascending on the wings of prayer and praise and taking your place with Christ. You know, when Adam fell, he lost his glory. He lost his covering as we said, and God covered him with skins and shed blood. And you know the whole problem for the restoration of this new creation that God has planned before eternity that he'd bring in, as we said yesterday, this firstborn, this firstfruits who is Christ. And it's very important that we understand that we're in a, a state of development and growth. We haven't arrived. We mustn't let our lives become spiritually stagnant so we don't develop, we don't come forth in the way that God wants us to come. And he wants us to grow and be, as, Je- as the Father God said to Jesus when he was baptized in jo- by John the Baptist, said, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. God wants us to please Him and be blessed by Him. And you know, as I've been studying the Word of God, and, and I think the, the bishop mentioned last night a, a verse, which is in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, and this is the shortest prayer in the New Testament that Paul prays for the church, and a very good prayer too. the very God of peace. Sanctify you wholly, And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. When Adam fell, his spirit that was in tune with God fell below his body, and he became body-ruled. A person who's not in Christ, who's in the old Adam, He's a body-ruled man. He can't deliver himself, as Paul says in Romans: "Who shall deliver me from this body of death?" But thank God, the gospel does. It says, "I have been th- there is therefore no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, because we've been raised." The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from this law of sin and death that govern me and my body. You see, and so what Paul is saying... Oh, I shouldn't touch that. Disappearing. Uh, hang on. Uh, uh, oh. And what, what, what I, I think we've got to understand is this. You might get problems in your spiritual life. You might do very well for a certain length of time, but then you seem to think, oh, I fell over that. What's gone wrong with me? Why did I think that? Why did I do that? Because between your spirit and your body is your soul. Right? It's between your spirit and your body. And the whole problem area for you and me is the soul area. Because it's if you don't keep the word of god coming in as james says you receive this engrafted word that's why you need to read the word meditate it pray it think about it what because he says as you james says as you receive this engrafted word it's saving your soul you said i thought i was saved well you'll have to keep saved Because you've got an enemy that wants to mess you up in your mind, your will, and your emotions. He wants to take you out, right? But you can keep saved, as James says, by keeping this engrafted Word that's able to save your souls. And this is why we need the Word and the Spirit. As David Green used to say, all Word dry up, all Spirit blow up. But if you can have both we'll grow up you see we've got to have the anointing we've got to have the holy spirit but we've got to have the word and this is this is the and what happened when adam fell he became body rule well most men are body rule aren't they i feel like doing that i'll do it and that stupid man does it you know you know i've just dealt with somebody who's run off with some other woman You know, and left and there's a one heck of a row in this family and his kids are mad and and he's now ill and this wonderful woman he went off has fled and left him because he's now ill. You know, the stupid man should have stayed where he was. His body was ruling him. You know? Your body's got an appetite. And here's the problem. And a lot of the appetite isn't good for you. You know, they tell me my age, I mustn't eat cream cakes. <laughs> I like cream cakes. I mustn't eat them. <laughs> I'm not supposed to eat this, that, and the other because my age and all this nonsense, you know. Well, I, I try to obey it. But there certain things we have to eat that spiritually, which is good. Well, the Word of God is going to give you good food. <laughs> I need good food <laughs> to feed my inner man, my spirit man. You know, when if you feel a little bit... Uh, you feel off the colour and you, feel, you don't feel too bright and good, it's probably because your spirit man says, Feed me! Feed me! You know, I've, uh, I had an uncle, I remember... And he had a son, and they couldn 't feed this baby. Now what I gave this baby, and it cried and cried and cried, and eventually he found some sort of food somewhere that fed him, and he was all right. Before that, my uncle felt like chucking the baby out the bedroom window because they couldn 't keep this baby quiet well there 's a lot of problems in the church because people are malnutrition they're under they got an- spiritual anorexia. Yeah. They're walking around, but they're not really with you because they're so weak, you know, that they're leaning on everything and everybody. No, we're supposed to feed this in a man. Yes. Now, I understand when you're a baby Christian, you've got to have, somebody's got to come, your pastor and your minister's got to feed you on the bottle. Yeah, you've got to be bottle fed. But as my mother always used to say, you know, when, uh, when um, Ishmael was kicked out of the house by Sarah. You remember when Ishmael was kicked out? And uh, she was given a bottle of water. Well, a bottle of water will not go very far. You know, and religion is like a bottle of water. They can give you a bottle of water, but as we're hearing all the time, is there's somebody in you. It's a well. Now, God had mercy on her again, she found a well. And so, this spirit man has to Uh, This this soul area has to be satisfied and it's only God can satisfy you. And it's very important that we understand this because I think nearly all my problems have been um, me, myself and I, you know. I thought it would be good to have this or that or the other. But if you can put it past the Word of God, the Holy Spirit will say to you, you know that idea you've got is stupid. It puts a light on something that's hidden from you and you see it in its real light, if you understand what I'm saying. And this is what's got to happen in our lives. We've got to have this understanding. Now... There's something, you notice it says, we read in Ephesians, that he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings, etc. And he goes on, at that, and this is what it says in verse 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, it says, Christ might gather to all things in him, both which are in heaven And which are on the earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things, that we should be to the praise of his glory, and we've been sealed with the Spirit. You know, when Mary, as I said, Mary met Jesus at that empty tomb, and and Jesus said to Mary, Mary, and she realized who Jesus was, he said, I'm going to my Father. Now, this is called the Ascension, isn't it? The Ascension. And if you read in Acts chapter 1, it gives you the actual um, event as it happened in Acts chapter 1. And it's it's Jesus visibly going up into heaven. It says, And when Jesus has spoken these things in verse 9... While they beheld Jesus, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, two men stood before them in white apparel and said, Why are you men of Galilee standing here gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven." Well, you had the descent and now you've got the ascent. He came down, but now he's going back. You know, it's like David's Psalms. At the end, after 120 Psalms, you've got Psalms of ascent and you've got Psalms of descent, almost prophetic, of Christ's coming. You know, when David built that tabernacle of David, that they went up this way and praise God, and they came down that way, Mount Zion. And you know, Jesus came down, but why is it significant that Jesus didn't just disappear, did he? You know, when when he was 40 days and 40 nights on this earth, witnessing to those disciples, he just didn't vanish. He waited for them all to gather together, and then he ascended. Right? He ascended into heaven. Now, he didn't go into the skies, into the orbit around the universe. He went to the H, capital H, heaven, back to his father, didn't he? And it's important that he went back, because if he hadn't have gone back and cleansed, as it says in the heavenlies we wouldn't have the Holy Spirit. It's expedient, it says in John 14, 15 and 16, expedient I go away, I will send the Holy Spirit. So it's very important. The ascent is telling us something that is very important. And, you know, he was taken up before their very eyes, and as he went up, they looked up intensely. You see, and what, what as we said about Mary... What he was saying to Mary was, really, you, you, you're clinging on to me, you, you want, don't want to let me go, but don't you understand that if I can ascend, I can send the Holy Spirit, and when the Holy Spirit comes, I'll be with you everywhere. Jesus' ascension tells us that he's everywhere now. He wasn't located just to Galilee, Samaria, Judea, these different towns. Jesus is everywhere. Where anybody is gathered together, he's in the midst. They're true worshippers, that is. Yeah. But he's there with them. He's there with them in the midst. You know, when I was looking at this, I thought, yeah, this is very important. But the apostles were trying to work out what the event really was about. What is the significance of, the, of this ascension? What, why, do, why did it happen, and does it have a relevance to me? And the incarnation was the coming down, and the ascension was the going up. And in John 17, Jesus was prophesying that he would go back to the Father at the Last Supper, And when we read it, it, we wonder, is this significant in your salvation? And I put it to you this morning, it is of enormous difference to us. The ascension, when understood, and is on the important resource of living and Christian living on earth, would put a great difference between Christianity and all other religions. What we do learn, as the apostles did from this ascension, is as we said, is the enthronement. Jesus was now a glorified Son of Man. There'd never been a representative man in the Godhead before this time. This was a man, a Son of Man, glorified, the new man, the firstborn from the dead the new Adam, the second Adam, the last Adam, is now enthroned in heaven at the right hand of the Father. And and I'm coming to see that if we can understand the significance of this, it's going to help you in your Christian walk. It says, uh, a new relationship with us and the whole world. It's not just Jesus simply leaving the surface of the earth, but into heaven itself. And the word ascend means to go upward like a, an aircraft. You know, when you think of ascend, you, you don't say, if you see somebody on a ladder, you don't say, oh, he's ascending the ladder. You know, you say he's climbing, or oh, he's going up the ladder. Don't you? When we think of a word ascent, we think of probably a podium and a throne, And somebody, you know, like a coronation. And he's going up and he's going to sit on that throne. And exactly what happened, Jesus. He went triumphant into heaven with his blood. He cleansed the heavens. Satan had had access. Revelation 12 says he's overcome Satan. And the church does by the blood of the lamb and the word of his testimony. That's how we overcome him. Because that's how Christ overcame him. He took his blood and Satan was cast down. You can read it in Isaiah, the fall of Lucifer. And you know, he he had access, but now that Jesus is enthroned. He sits there, it says, until all his enemies become his footstool. And do and, you know, if we can grasp the tremendous work that Jesus has done, then it's going to make a lot of difference in our lives. So someone is enthroned, that person walks onto the podium, and he sits in this chair, and he exercises authority. Now, Jesus had wanted to return to the Father. He could have just vanished like he did on the road to Emmaus, but he didn't. He did this because now he's controlling everything. He's controlling the universe. He's controlling everything. And we learn from the scriptures that he's planning and he's working a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem and a new city. And he's sitting there until all these enemies, and you've got to learn, as Ephesians 1 says, to sit there with him. Now this, I know it's not easy for us because we're sitting in a lot of difficulty at some that The idea, you see, is is for us to get a spiritual understanding of who we are and to get filled with the Spirit. Why is the Holy Spirit so important? Why was it so important that Jesus went to send the Holy Spirit? So that we can have this person of the Holy Spirit to reveal Christ to us so no matter where we are or what we're going through, whether you're in a jail or you're in a... whatever you're in, Jesus is with you. He never leaves you. Whatever situation you're in, if you're a believer, Christ is with you. And, and he never leaves you. He never forsakes you. And this is what is coming to me. The eternal God became flesh and he became nature. It says in Philippians 2, he humbled himself. There's limitations of space, and time, But after the resurrection, he had a different body. He had a glorified body. And it says in 1 Corinthians 50, he was the first fruits. You see, I can see now, if I can see Christ as the first fruits, and I'm in him, I've got a bright future, because he's already gone before us. And he's sitting there. And he's able to minister to us, as we'll find out in a minute. So he has new powers and new senses that came. Jesus has left space and time and passes into the presence of the Father. And no more time space limited in him. You can be anywhere and receive his ministry. So the ascension means that no loss of intimacy with Jesus, no loss of leadership, no loss of his advocacy, but it is a magnified and infinite, infinite ability for us. So Jesus is actively working in his mediatory work around the globe. He is still our teacher, he's still our prophet, he's still our instructor in the Word of God, but now he does it through the work of the Holy Spirit. And this is what we've got to understand. He ascended to the right hand of the Father. He rules with spiritual power. And Jesus enthroned, but he's always been a king, but now he's king of kings and lord of lords. Jesus is directing this plan. And I believe, you know, it's available for loving communion. What is it about, you know, we come into this glory way? What What has been revealed to us? that this person through the Holy Spirit can be manifest in my life. I can have this assurance. I can have this peace. I can have this joy. And no matter what I'm going through, I can, I can draw on him. I can relate to him because he's my great high priest. He's not just my savior. I can move from the cross to the throne. And Jesus wants to... You see, there's an old preacher and he talks about the, um, the circle of dance. He talks about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Three persons. And they're all in perfect communion. They're all in perfect union. And they all celebrate one another And they're all in this wonderful heavenly fellowship. And what really this is all about is inviting you in on this heavenly fellowship. That you can sit with him. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And you can just have a wonderful time all the time. There's a secret here, isn't there? But you've got to make time. Time is the thing, isn't it? Come and buy without money, without price. It's you and your time that Jesus is looking for. So he said yesterday, you shouldn't be outside knocking at your door. You should be living with Jesus. Christ in you. The hope of glory, isn't it? And the Holy Spirit is trying to get through to us in the church so that we understand that Jesus is now sitting in throne and he's directing everything. It's just you getting in on this fellowship, but he's inviting you to come. To come and sit with him and learn of me. And this is the secret, really, of our Christian life. We've got to let Jesus be the manager of your life. You must let him manage you because he can bring the best things for you in your life. Nobody else can but Jesus. And you know, the Holy Spirit is our helper, our advocate, our counselor, our helper, our teacher. It's all coming from Christ. The Holy Spirit is bringing Christ to make him real in my experience so that I can walk by faith and not by sight. And this is the time. You see, I think a lot of people... Think that spiritual life is activity, but it's not. It's not activity. It's fellowship. You know, you can be very busy in the work of God and miss God. Yeah. He wants fellowship. He wants your fellowship. He's given you an opportunity, as we've said before, to sit at his table for him to feed you so that whatever situation you go in, that inner man is fed and your soul area, your mind is not thinking this and your emotions are all messed up, you know. And, you know, uh, y- you know we can be easily affected by these things if you're not fed properly. If you if you're not got the inner man fed properly, you, you, you can fall foul to a lot of stuff. But if you can be strong in the inner man, This is what Paul says in the Ephesian epistle, isn't it? In in his prayers. He's praying that you might be strengthened by might, by his Spirit in the inner man. That inner man is the man of the Spirit. And and this is the whole, I grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might in the Spirit, he says, in the inner man. Can you go back from here and get your priority right to feed this inner man yeah. you've got to do it yeah. you can know a lot of stuff but you need fresh food every day yeah. who wants stale food you need fresh food from heaven's heaven's uh, cooking place <laughs> whatever heaven's uh, yeah you need fresh food don't you <laughs> You know, I bought some rolls with me. They were all right till, 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 till last night, and then they began to smell a bit. <laughs> I had to put them in the bin. <laughs> we need fresh food. And you know, God has got fresh food for everybody. He wants to feed you. And the Holy Spirit is there to help you. So if you go back from me and you feel a bit odd, it's because you're, you're, you need some food. You need some spiritual food. That's what's wrong with you. I get, I get problems sometimes with myself. And the Lord said, Start eating. Start eating. Yeah. yeah. No feasting. No rejoicing. That old preacher said, it, Isn't he right? And you know, when we can come in here and we can start feasting, as the old saint said, on the lamb, eat my flesh drink my blood, I know it's a spiritual connotation, but we got to start eating and drinking of him. And your soul will be satisfied. And that's where it is. But, and you know your body will be healed. You want healing? Get your soul satisfied. Yeah, you want healing? Do you know a lot of people are messed up in their minds? It's their minds are the problem. Well, what is the only thing that can stop that? This Word of God, it renews your mind. It restores your mind, isn't it? And, and we've, we, you know, we, there's some of us here, we don't tell people what we're going through, but some of us are going through some tough things. You know, I think, Lord, what happened to me in my life? Why have I had to go through all this stuff? But you know I've learned some things. Yeah. You know, I've learned some things. You know, I I said to the Lord once, what what has happened? Well, the Lord said, you're not quite as bad as Job. And he said, if I can deliver Job, I can deliver you. (laughs) And he did. (laughs) I stand here, it's a miracle. I think at my age, I should have gone a long time ago. But it's the power of God. We are kept by the power of God but it's by this word. Because if I can keep the, the engrafted word, James says, that saving my soul, my spirit will be fine and my body will be fine. You know, a lot of people are going for healing, but will they feed their souls? It won't last long. You might get a miracle in the service and go on, you might be fine for six months and after six months a jolly thing comes back. No, you need to feed your soul. Yeah. You say, well, I I read the Bible and I don't seem to get anything out of it. Well, you've got to persist. And find a book that helps you. You know, Tony gave me a little book two or three years ago and I didn't read this little book. And I went to a service and it was so boring. I took this little book with me in case it was... (laughs) And I was sitting there in this service, and I was reading this little book, and I thought, "Pooh, I should have read this before. I said, thank you, Lord, I brought this little book to the service. <laughs> and, and I was starting to make notes, and sitting behind me, I didn't know, one of the deacon's wives was there, and she said to me, oh, I noticed you were reading your book in the service today. I said, yes. He said, was there a problem? Yes, I said, I didn't understand the bloke, what he was on about. And I said, I couldn't hear him very well. And every now and then he kept breaking into Welsh. Well, I can't speak Welsh, you know. Yeah. So I just thought, forget it. Out came my book. And I was reading it. And she said, it's strangely enough, I didn't get much from him either, she said. <laughs> Do you know, you can get some people standing up there, I don't think they know what they're talking about. <laughs> they, 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 I don't know. Uh, all I could hear from this man was, listen. Listen. In this Welsh, very broad Welsh accent. I thought, listen to what? I'm not listening. I thought, I'm, I'm, I'm going to read my book. Yeah. Well, this chap in this book says, if you don't keep yourself fed, you'll stop growing. Yeah. You'll stop growing spiritually. And he says, what happens to you? You'll stagnate. Do you know when something stagnates? After a while, it begins to smell. Yeah. So you become a little stinker. We don't like little stinkers, do we? No matter how much aftershave they put on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, no, this is serious. This is serious. I tell you what. There's a lot of people think they've arrived. I was Tony and I and, and Luke were talking before the meeting, and, he said, and we said that this person said to my wife, "I'm full of His fullness. Have I received?" It says in the Scripture, and I'm completed him And I said to him, "It didn't look like it to me." <laughs> And, uh, you know, we got these people walking around with spiritual anorexia. <laughs> and believe What was it, believe me or something? Ugh, they're coughing up everywhere. You know. <laughs> <laughs> when, they, when you see them, they give you a, 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 a report of everything that's going on from their head to their toe, you know. No, I don't want to hear a report. I want to hear the report of the Word of God. The Word of God says, with his stripes I am healed. Come on. Get your mind renewed with the Word of God. And this is the battle we're in. We're all in this battle. Because my flesh talks to me. Does your flesh talk to you? Ooh, I get fed up with myself at times. I really get fed up and disappointed. And as I said before, I could kick myself at the backside, I would, but I can't. But, but you know, the Lord is just merciful to me. He still loves me. That's the miracle. He still loves me. And He does, because He's done, He's chosen me before the foundation of the world. He's chosen you. Do you know you're chosen? Isn't it wonderful? You're accepted. You're adopted, and you belong in the family of God. But there's an enemy who wants to drag you back into Adam. No, we're not in Adam, we're in Christ. Hallelujah, we've been translated from that kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. I belong to a new realm, a new kingdom, and I'm supposed to ascend the hill of the law. What are those psalms all about? They're trying to teach you that you can ascend the hill of the law. You can ascend the hell of the Lord. We can enter into his gates with thanksgiving and praise. Yeah. And and if the devil's having a go, he start laughing at him. Do you know he doesn't like people who laugh at him? He's very proud. You know, just go ho ho ho. Ha ha ha. He he he. If you don't feel like laughing, just just get get laughing. And he will he, go. It it do you know I I, I think I I went to North Wales and I had a rotten time before North Wales. I went through one thing after another and I thought, I'm never going to get there to Pemma, wherever it is. And and when I got up, the Lord said, you go and you do what I tell you and I'll fill your mouth. And do you know, God does it. He, he, He can do this. His grace is sufficient for you. Do you know, grace is so powerful that where sin abounds grace does much more abound do you know that your salvation is legal is signed and sealed with the blood of Jesus he can't reverse it thank God that we have not just forgiven we are justified we are made righteous and, we, and as we walk in the Spirit, that righteousness that was imputed to you at your salvation is now being imparted. It's, it's an awareness that you're not that person you were. Do you know, the? I've had a terrible job. The enemy has come back to me with all sorts of stuff I did before I was born again. But I come to see that I don't listen to him. It's like there's a big I've been transferred from his kingdom into this kingdom. And there's like a big river between us. And he shouts it to you over the river. And you just take no notice of him. And you say, I'm a child of God now. I don't want your dainties. Your fancy cakes. Yeah. That when you eat them, they turn to gravel in your mouth. Oh yeah, Satan can, make, Satan can dress in up very nice. It looks really nice. But once you bite it, boy, boom! Yeah. I tell you what, this is why you need the Word of God. You need it to renew your mind so your mind thinks properly and sanely and reverently towards God. And, you know, as I, I was thinking about Jesus, I thought, yes, he's ascended, he's enthroned, And he's got all power in heaven and earth. Well, why don't you link into that power and let the Holy Spirit fill you and empower you to do what God wants you to do? You know, Jonathan Edwards was a man who wasn't um, in the revival in America. He He wasn't a man who was an eloquent preacher. In fact, he was a very boring preacher from all accounts. And he used to write all his sermons out and read them like this, so you could hardly see his face, you know? And he'd read them like this. And yet, when he spoke, the anointing was so powerful, people who were listening to him in trees fell out of the trees. Oh, yeah. People that were bound by sin would shake until they collapsed on the floor. So I'm looking to get some more spiritual power in this house. Can you believe for some more spiritual power in your temple? Can you believe that when you speak under the anointing, something's going to happen? We've got to believe it. It said Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. Now, if we believe we got the Holy Ghost, we got to start waiting on Him and get filled and filled, so something happens. But you know, this is what he says. Um, he says in his journal, "I very frequently retire to a solitary place on the banks of the Hudson River, as some way from people, for contemplation on divine things and secret converse with God." And I have many sweet hours there. Oh yeah, that's what you've got to do. Get alone with God. Just start talking to him. Just start lifting your hands and say, Thank you, Jesus, that you sent the Holy Spirit, that you've ascended, and you're sitting there, and you've sent the Holy Spirit, and as you activate your faith and put your hands up, the Holy Spirit will come and begin to fill you and he'll bring, if you've read the word, see, he'll bring to remembrance everything that you have read, right? And then he'll he'll unwrap it and you think, yeah, I never saw that before. And so what he's doing, he's feeding your inner man so you're getting strong. And the stronger you can get, That you become made whole. So when we talk about a person being made whole, it means his spirit, his soul, and his body are what Paul prayed there is being preserved blameless. You notice when 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 Jesus spoke to the man at at Pura Bethesda, he didn't say be healed, he said be made whole. And the word whole in Hebrew is peace. And the word peace means complete wholeness, spirit, soul, and body. So if you need healing, feed your inner man and get your mind renewed. You will attune to the will of God and your emotions will just settle down. The storm will cease. That's wonderful, isn't it? You'll have assurance. And this is what Paul says in Romans 5. Let me read this scripture to you in Romans 5. If you want to be a serious student of the Word of God, you must read Romans. I know I haven't spoken it a lot much, but I might. You must study Romans. Romans gives you a bird's eye of redemption. And in Romans 5, he says, um, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have what? Peace. We have wholeness. See, you, you need this. You need wholeness. Peace with God, th- by whom also we have access by faith into what? This grace wherein we stand. That's your place that you have in heavenly places where you're supposed to sit, where you can stand. That's, it's like you've been given access to the throne. You've been given access to Jesus to minister to you. Like if I wanted to go to Buckingham Palace now, I wouldn't get in, would I, to see the Queen? I'd have to have a special pass. I'd have a special invitation to see the Queen. Well, when you get justified, you've got a special invitation to Jesus. You've got access. And are you making use of your access? Or is your activity all in this out here? Or is it not in the Spirit with Christ? And this is the challenge for us, isn't it? We've all got we've all got to look at this. And not only so, but we have we what? We glory in tribulations also knowing that tribulation works patience, patience experience, experience hope, and hope makes not ashamed. You see, if you got if you understand that you've got this peace, that you've got this access and that you've got this assurance that your Father has accepted you in Jesus, and you've got the person of the Holy Spirit comforting you, you will be able to glory in tribulations. You say, I'm going to praise God. I'm going to worship God in this situation. No matter what hits me, I'm going to praise God and worship God. And this is the secret. He says, you glory in tribulations, it's, it's not you saying, well, I'm a British band, and I've got a stiff upper lip, and I'm going to stick my stiff, and I'm going to do this. No, 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 this is, this is a spirit of the Holy Spirit working in your life where you glory in what Christ has accomplished. And you believe that what he's accomplished and given you peace and joy is coming into your life, and it's going to still whatever you're going through whatever the storm is, no matter what it is, he's going to bring you out because he says it works patience and patience experience and hope makes not ashamed. Why, he says? Because the what? The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is living it. Do you know when, when the Spirit of God comes in and you feel this, you know, it, it, you think, whoa, this is wonderful, you know. You, you feel this love of God absolutely overwhelming you. And you say, Lord, why can't I feel it all the time? He said, well, you've got to go through some tribulations so you can get some patience. Patience is very... is, the, is, the, is You need, with your faith, you need patience. Faith and patience are the power twins. Because if you don't have patience, you'll give up. And you won't believe that God is working in your life to say what he said he'd do for you. You see? And this is the whole point. And I can see what a Jonathan Edwards and these revivalist experience and Henry, Henry when he was touched under the stairs and he's sent out onto the street. He had this tremendous love of God shed abroad in his heart. I can remember this little man with this little, this big accordion. When I first went up there, and I was a musician, I thought he can't play that accordion properly. He keeps missing this note and that note and the other note. And I thought, and there's some woman on a clavoline. You know, I was brought up in a rather posh family. You know, and we went to, and I thought, well, what is all this? You know, what is all this? And then you know, and then there, there was a bloke there. They called him Laughing Leslie, <laughs> and suddenly he'd get hit by laughter, and he would laugh and laugh and laugh. And then well, Laurie remembers <laughs> Laurie James was there, "Wasn't he Laughing Leslie?" And he'd laugh and laugh and laugh. And the next thing I did there'd be people dancing in the spirit. I've never seen dancing in the spirit like it. It was almost like they're floating on top of the ground, and I was looking at this. And I went home and I thought, "What is all this?" But do you know, when I went home, I looked at everything, and everything looked different. <laughs> the birds looked different, the grass looked different, everything—it was different—because they laid my hands, and I could feel. I could feel this some power, you know. I could feel this. I thought, "What has happened to me?" And I went back, you know, I was a bit of a lad. I used to play tennis all day and bridge all night. And I remember my uncle, because I had no father, what are you doing out at three o'clock in the morning? Oh, I said, I'm playing bridge. He said, you better get home to your mother. You know, and and the Lord, see, I'd been touched by the power of God, but I hadn't quite got it. You understand what I'm saying? I hadn't had that complete born-again experience. And I went back the next year and it it just happened. You see, God is drawing people. He's drawing you. The Spirit and the Bride is saying to you, come. Come to Jesus. My yoke is easy. And Jesus is saying, my burden is light. So come with me. Join in this dance, this celebration of the Godhead where the Father, Son and Holy Ghost they just have a wonderful time all the time well you can get in on this and you know it was shortly after that that I went to a meeting and, I, and Cynthia knows this and I met Will Davis on this farm <laughs> well we used to go to this farm and the power of God would descend and by the end of the meeting everybody would be on the floor Poof. They'd carry people out and put them in cars and take them home. <laughs> they were gone. And you know, I always remember, and Cynthia and remember, Gladys Davis, she went up a little step ladder. You know, there's old step ladders with, with a rope in the middle, and the rope broke, and she came down. And when, I, when we arrived at night, for the meeting, Will Davis said, Oh, Gladys has had a fall. Can you look at her leg? When I looked at her leg, I felt I wanted to be sick. It was black, blue, green—every colour you could think. And the leg, you know, the leg—it like it had a bit of thing coming out the side, like it was fractured. You know? I said, "Well, are not you going to take it to the hospital?" "Oh no," he said. "You are going to pray for it." I said, "Me?" <laughs> I said, "Me pray for her?" Yes, she said, lay hands on her. So I did what I was told by the elder. I laid hands on her. I never thought any more about it. I went the next week, and the leg was perfectly normal. It was a miracle. Nothing to do with me. It was the power of God in the place. As I said to you yesterday, if you can keep in fellowship with Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, you'll get an open heaven. Well, over that place, there was an open heaven. We need an open heaven over our lives, our meetings. So don't interfere with the Holy Ghost. It's not you and it's not your ministry. It's Christ's ministry. And he wants to move in the church as he will. All we've got to do is listen, hear, And obey. And it doesn't matter who God is moving, using. If he can use a donkey, let him use a donkey. Isn't it? We need the power and the presence of God in our meetings. We cannot do without him. Do not be satisfied with religion. We need the presence. Isn't it? You know, Moses was a very gifted man. He'd been educated in Egypt, wasn't he? Best university in the world. But after he'd been in the desert for 40 years, <laughs> he said, I can't speak anymore. <laughs> I've been out in the desert for 40 years talking to sheep and goats. And he said to the Lord, I can't speak anymore. I don't blame him. I would have felt like that. Yeah. And he said, I need a spokesman. And he, remember, he argued with God, and God gave him Aaron in the end. Because you know, when the, you know, and all those mighty signs and wonders, and they come out of Egypt, and all this happened, and he said, and, and God got so displeased with these people of God, he said, I'm, I'm going to send them an angel. That's what God said to He's like, I'm going to send you an angel, and the angel can lead you out. And Moses said, I don't want no angel. I want you, Lord, I want your presence to lead me out. And that's what you've got to say. That's what I've got to say. We need the person of the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us. So when you go back, are you going to get in this word and read it? Or get a book that helps you? You know, like this little book uh, Tony gave me. It's got five or six chapters. I still haven't got past the first chapter. I'm still trying to get to terms with the first chapter. Do you know, you've got to let it sink in. You've got to let the Word of God go from your head to your heart, to your spirit. It's got to drop down. This is not intellectual. Yes, it's, it's reasonable, yes. The Gospel is reasonable. Come, let us reason but it's actually revelation. It's revelation truth. And until it becomes a revelation, you see, it's like Mary. She met Jesus, she saw all the miracles, she saw her brother raised from the dead, she saw all these wonderful things, and then she saw the cross. And she thought, oh no, this is the end. And all she was looking for was a dead Jesus. And there's a lot of people in church. Oh yeah, he lived, but he's died. No, he's risen. And he's ascended. And he sits in kingly authority to rule and reign. And you and I can reign with him. This is it. You see, you know, when you come over from Romans 5 into Romans 6, he says, He says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that God forbid? How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer? I died at the cross. You died at the cross. And you've been buried. We can't emphasize it too much. You've been raised a new person. Can you get it? Can you reckon it? Can you understand it? You're a newborn, a child of God, that you've got eternal life and that you've got a tremendous destiny and a tremendous future and start living in the spirit and not in the flesh. Because Paul says in Romans 8, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life. The law of the Spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Yes, and you're now under a new law. You know, R.T. Kendall says this, we're not under the law of, of the Old Testament, but we're under the law of Christ, he says. And he's right, because grace has the power to prosecute you. You know, as I said yesterday, get the, get the fear, the lust the anger and the pride out of you. He'll slap you out of you. Grace will slap it out of you. You'll do something stupid and you'll come along and say, you stupid thing. Don't do that again. And give you a jolly good slap. Yeah, that's what grace can do to you. You know, some people have got a very strange idea about grace very strange <laughs> my mother's name was grace <laughs> my, you, you know they've got a, an idea I don't know grace is the most powerful thing that was released from the cross that's in the universe isn't it? it's the very power source of the kingdom and we're under this law of, of Christ And when I go off the road, the Holy Ghost is there to come to give me a good slap to knock the fear and the lust and the anger and the pride out of me so that I'm training. He's training me. He's directing me. And he wants to train you and direct you so you think like Jesus, that you walk like Jesus and that you talk like Jesus. He wants us to be conformed To his image. I'm in the school of Christ. Are you? Will you be willing to be a a student in the school of Christ and learn to be under his direction by the Holy Spirit? Well, you're on your way up then. You're on your way up. And I tell you what, you'll develop and you'll get stronger and you'll realize who you are and what you are in Christ. And you begin to wake up in the morning and say, thank you, Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will be glad and rejoice, no matter what it looks like. Just keep glorying in your tribulation. Because tribulation with patience, patience, experience, and experiences hope. Why? Because this love of God is shed abroad in the Holy Ghost, in our hearts. So I know that you've got to go somewhere this morning. So... We, we'll, I, want, I, I want to encourage you as you go back, do your spiritual service. Do it. John 2.5, whatsoever he says to you, do it. The Holy Spirit is there to lead you, to guide you into all truth. You know, it's been a journey for me to see things that I see today. It's been a long journey, but I thank God God has never left me and given up on me, and he won't leave you and give up on you as long as you keep a right attitude and keep thanking God and keep praising God, and God will make miracles in your life. Do you know that? Do you know, I, th- I things happen in my life, God is taking care of it without me even asking for it. Yeah. I think, how did that happen, Lord? And Jesus said, because you're my child. I love you. Are you a child of God? Your Father loves you. Isn't it wonderful that we can experience the love of God that it would be shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto me. You need assurance. And that is assurance. You know, people with little faith, as an old preacher said, they, all they've got is saving faith. Well, you need more than saving faith to get you through your wilderness into Canaan. You need strong faith. And how do you get Faith. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by what? The word of God. And do you know what you've got in your new man? This spiritual man in there, this new heart, is a big ear. H and then E-A-R, ear, T. And that ear is waiting to hear you say this word. And as you say this word, you, you believe in your heart and you speak it out with your mouth, you're releasing the power of the Word of God over your life. This is the secret, isn't it? This is how you're saved. This is how you keep being saved. Receive this engrafted Word. Keep receiving it. And it's able to save your soul. And then you'll be made whole. And then you'll have peace. And then you won't fly off the handle. I haven't got iron with me this week, this time. But sometimes I get roused, you know. <laughs> you know, and I say, never mind, dear, everything's going to be fine. <laughs> You ladies can get a little bit, you know? (laughs) But we men are here to say, don't worry, dear, I'm here. (laughs) Is that right, Alison? You know, I was listening to that program with Diana. Irene said to me, I want to watch this program with Diana. I said, I don't. Well, you're going to watch it with me, she said. I said so. Don't you run off, she said. So I was listening to this program, and I thought, the word of God says, husband loves your wives. And I thought... What kind of bloke is Prince Charles then? (laughs) What planet did he come from? I thought he'd got this beautiful woman that everybody thinks is so beautiful. He's an absolute superstar, and he divorces her. That's the flesh, isn't it? He's not been reborn. (laughs) He hasn't been born again. (laughs) He's not thinking straight, is he? Oh, yeah. I tell you what, thank God for this word. This word is truth, isn't it? The truth will make you free. Yes. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful? We got this book, the 66 books, and Jesus walks through every book. <laughs> isn't it? He's walking through every book. As we said yesterday, he's Melchizedek. In the fiery furnace, he's the, he's the fourth man, isn't he? He's everywhere. Jesus is everywhere. <laughs> Isn't he wonderful? <laughs> Isn't he glorious? Yeah. Aren't we excited to have Jesus? <laughs> oh, it's tremendous. Get like Jonathan Edwards, start loving Jesus. And even if you can't preach and if you just read your sermons, something will happen. <laughs> yeah, Something will happen. It's getting into the presence. It's getting filled up. And as you come out, it will come out. Out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Look, if God could do it for Henry, a little man like that who couldn't play an accordion, he couldn't hardly preach, and God anointed a man like that, my denomination was so annoyed, <laughs> do you know God will choose who he will? He chose me. I mean, you know, that, just think about it. He could, but he's chosen you. <laughs> to show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of the darkness into His marvelous light. light. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The Lord bless you all.